0: Do you solemnly swear that you will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that you will bear true faith and allegiance to the same,
1: that you will take this obligation freely, without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion,
2: and that you will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office on which you are
0: about to enter, so help you God. Congratulations. You're now members of the 114th Congress.
3: 114...
0: America's criminal justice system is, in my opinion, in need of reform not because current policies have failed, uh, but in many ways because those policies have succeeded. Let me explain what I mean. This is an important point for reformers to recognize. Uh, Prevailing law enforcement strategies have helped make communities safer all around the country, and yet the current system, for all its merits, nonetheless leaves too many Americans behind. Some of them are reformed offenders who are left behind languishing in prison. Some of them may be innocent men, women, and children on the outside of the prison walls, uh, trapped in fraying communities with too little security, and far too few fathers, uncles, and other brothers. A generation of tougher on crime policies has created new challenges that it's up to our generation now to meet. Now to meet, hopefully, with the benefit of those fathers, those sons, those older brothers, those younger brothers, all of whom are, are you know, desperately needed in their own communities. We have the challenge of over of over-incarceration, and over-sentencing. We have a mountain of empirical evidence demonstrating the social and economic value of stable intact families and the costs of the breakdown of those same families. We have prison policies that make rehabilitation the exception rather than the norm. And we have regulations that make it unnecessarily difficult for even reformed offenders to build a new life and to earn an honest living once they have been released from prison.
2: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to AJC Radio Spotlight on Capitol Hill. And tonight we take a trip to, uh, to the nation's capital and we shine the light on Senator uh, Mike Lee. Hang on to your seat, folks. We're coming right back after you from, from the nation's capital in Washington, D.C. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Lamont Banks, along with Cliff Stewart, Lisa Stewart, and Jeanette Williams. And, folks, we've been taking a trip. If you wonder if we have frequent traveler miles, uh, you can take it to the bank, because we have been coming from our nation's capital uh, highlighting members of Congress uh, here on Spotlight on Capitol Hill. And tonight is no exception, as we take a few moments tonight to shine the light on a senator from Utah, a man that, uh, Lisa, that we've had an opportunity to talk to, uh, share a little bit of green jello uh, on Capitol Hill with a little whipped cream. And I'll tell you what, it was well worth the trip for that. And uh, we're getting ready to take a trip, folks. Uh, it's going to be another humdinger here as we look at this uh, young man uh, who is doing things, Lisa, and and very personal with us. We had an opportunity to talk to him. That yeah. interview is coming up right here exclusively on AJC Radio,
4: so hang on in there, folks, and uh, before we get started, let's go to our disclaimer. Lisa? We want to just remind everyone that we are not attorneys and that a just cause does not provide any legal advice. You'll want to contact your own personal legal advisor for your legal needs. Also, the opinions expressed by callers and guests do not necessarily reflect that of a just cause or AJC Radio. And as always, we want to thank you for taking a little time out of your evening to tune in and and spend some time with us.
2: And thank you for that, Lisa. Uh, And uh, Cliff, how are you doing this evening? doing great and jeanette um, I'll tell you what uh, and uh we are uh we are, are very very excited uh about what's been going on uh in uh in in washington d c um a lot of good things happening uh as we have had the opportunity uh to uh Lisa, shine the light on members of congress uh and we we believe we got there's a term in a call center if you've ever worked there, that we have calls in queue. Uh, We have senators and congressmen in queue (laughs) uh, lined up to come on this program. Folks, this is something you do not want to miss uh, because it brings an understanding and information uh, that I think the American people, Cliff, as we uh, have have been doing this for a while, that I don't think they're really aware of the good things maybe that are going on in Washington, D.C., uh, we're seeing a big difference with that. Cliff, your thoughts on that?
5: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we say here on AJC Radio that first and foremost that the public has to be informed. you got to understand what's going on in Congress. Uh, a lot of times, you know, you don't get everything that you need just watching a few minutes of C-SPAM. That's not where it's at. But when you uh, tune in to uh, Spotlight on Capitol Hill, you hear who the congressperson is, what they're about, and how the actions that they're taking actually impact you as an American citizen.
2: No, oh, absolutely. And, Jeanette, you've had an opportunity to uh, take a look at that uh, uh, Senator Lee, uh, making some differences, making some impacts. What are your thoughts on the senator?
6: He's doing a great job. I mean, for a senator who's been in for such a short time, he's definitely making some moves and getting some things accomplished. So um, my hat's off to him.
2: And that, that's all well and good. Folks, we are getting to the first steps of fall here across the United States as uh, I, I don't know how to pronounce the – we're going to get into some current news, first of all. Uh, hold your horses, folks. Uh, go ahead and grab the American flags. Fourth of July is over. Uh, you want to pull the flags in the house now uh, because it's Patriotic Thursday here on AJC Radio. And uh, before we get into all of that good stuff, uh, some current news going on. We do have a storm system. I'm not sure how to pronounce the name of the hurricane. It begins with a J. Uh, J. Is it Jaquina or, or something along those lines? Uh, I guess nobody 's informed of that at the table yeah, i haven't um, seen the uh, latest hurricane uh, there 's a hurricane happening it's it's it 's uh approaching the east coast of the United States. I believe if I saw correctly uh one life has been lost in that uh, in that particular uh hurricane uh our prayers and thoughts are with uh the American people on that part of the united states uh and uh uh, we wish you the best. Uh, stay, stay in, follow instructions of your local authorities, uh, and, and keep yourself and your family safe. Does that does that hurricane, it's, it's supposed to, by understanding, is supposed to be weakening uh, as it approaches the, the next couple of days. Cliff, you got any information
5: on that? Uh, it's actually Hurricane Joaquin. And uh, it says, I'm looking at it right now from 10 minutes ago, it says it still remains a Category 4 storm. Wow. wow. But pressure has dropped to drop to 130-mile-per-hour winds. Oh, wow. So, you know, our hopes and and prayers are with everyone that are in the uh, Bahamas and as it makes its way uh, toward America. Let's all pray that that storm dissipates and um, for the families that have been affected by that.
2: No, absolutely.
5: And, uh, uh, again, uh, our
2: prayers and thoughts are are with the uh, uh, the families uh, dealing with that, and uh, our prayers will go out to, to them on that issue. Um, some other current news going on right now as well. Uh, today on, in, in Washington, something reported uh, that uh, uh, the, the Secret Service, Cliff, comes under under scrutiny again. Um, and it goes into conversation uh, that the House Oversight and Government Reform Committee Chairman Jason Chavez blasted the U.S. Secret Service for revealing private information about him to the press, uh, a move prompted by the Utah Republicans' criticism of the agency, and uh, what's very, very troubling about that is, is that these are agencies, Cliff, in the government that yeah. we are supposed to be able to trust, and if they sit, tend to sit back and because somebody criticizes with reason and with justification the, the things that have happened uh, with the Secret Service, they haven't been above uh, reproach, if you will, uh, in regards even to protecting the President of the United States. And because of he, they were criticized for their lack of uh, uh, professionalism, they decided to leak personal information of the congressman. How
5: appalling is that? Well, what it lets you know is that uh, even though they are not above reproach, they feel like they are above law. You do not get any arm of a government that feels like it has the uh, right to blatantly leak private information on a congressperson. I mean, if you think about what's going to you have a congressman. Who has the right to bring federal employees in uh, under contempt of court To bring, uh, you know, basically These are these are the people who can impeach the president You as a Secret Service agent Feel like you have the right to leak their personal information It lets you know that the Secret Service feels like they're above the law That anything they do is not going to be scrutinized is is, is is not being overseen And, you know, it, it is uh, it's appalling and it's shameful to the American people, that they are totally out of control.
2: Well, and this is a branch of the government that is set in position to govern and to keep the America uh, safe uh, in, on that level, and to protect the privacy of every American citizen across the country. Uh, and there, here we go again. And uh, it, it stands the reason, Lisa and Jeanette, uh, when you when you hear things like that, uh, how dedicated are these agencies into uh making it very difficult for other countries our allies to look to us uh as a as a point of leadership and a model of leadership when our highest branches of government are doing such things
6: how do we gain the respect of our, of our other of our allies you we we can't <laughs> we can't to answer your question it is just disgusting and according to the washington post it says that um according to the assistant director uh he he made a statement that some information that that he might find embarrassing needs to get out that that is just so rude okay.
2: well, well, it's unprofessional it doesn't meet the american standard if you will of what we're supposed to do as a nation and as a country and uh, uh i guarantee you, you haven't heard the last of that uh, situation, uh, But I'll tell you what, folks, uh, as we get ready to uh, dive in here in the next uh, seven minutes or so, dive into the, uh, the life, uh, the career uh, since 2010, Lisa, I believe, Senator Lee, uh, you know, we say this all the time. You know, it's kind of if you're running a race, you come out the gate running. Senator Lee ap- appears to have done that and continues to do that. Uh, in, in trying to bring uh, change to America. This is a very, very uh, passionate uh, and strong individual leader uh, in Congress, very much con- uh, dedicated to his family, uh, Lisa, to his wife,
3: yeah.
2: uh, to all the things that mean a great deal of importance to him. A man, from what I gather from meeting with him, Lisa, in Washington, and, and you tell the folks what you think, uh, a man of high integrity uh, and and is concerned about how he is perceived uh, to by the American people and all the American people, of course, the state of Utah and all of us, uh, and took the. He was so gracious with us.
4: He sure was, wasn't he? Lamont, he was just. I mean, he was probably the most likable person that you want to meet. He was. He was. He's so polite and cordial. He's. I mean, he. You talk to him for a few minutes, and you feel like you've been knowing him for years. Well, it feels like you're sitting down
2: at the country chicken uh, country table, if you will. Having a little country fried steak and mashed potatoes, and uh, the conversation just starts kind of rolling on with a, and and that's what you feel like we, you know, is this is just an informal meeting? We're sitting down, uh, we may be watching BYU football, or, or we may just be sitting down again having that country uh, chicken fried steak dinner. Uh, Cliff, your thoughts of the uh, of the senator as we met him down there in Washington?
5: Well, yeah, he's really down to earth, you know. Uh, you to to have a man who who is that down to earth and Really laid back, and you know, can 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 make a joke. And, and we know from the times that we've been uh, up on Capitol Hill how busy Congress Congress sure. is, and for him to be able to take the time and never make you as a citizen feel like oh you're intruding on his privacy. That's what you need in Congress. Absolutely, is, exactly is that these are the people they're there to serve you, and you know us as the American people. But they make you feel like it's not a duty, it's not a a burden to them. It's not an obligation or a task. Right. It's just just who he is. And and then he gives you green jello. Well, I'll tell you what. uh, (laughs) You know,
2: when you're sitting in that office and his staff comes out with a couple of containers... Uh, uh with some spoons and some whipped cream land of lakes i never knew land of lakes made whipped cream uh and i'll tell you what uh and treated us like we were family hey come on in and, and you know everybody around i think it was Je- green jello day Lisa, it was, wasn't it yeah it
4: was it was uh every wednesday they do um in his office you can come to the, his office and see him and have green jello with the senator
2: well look folks you can call it unconventional and maybe it's not the proper color of jello the uh the red or the raspberry or whatever you like. I don't normally eat different colored jellos, uh, but I'll tell you what, that was a nice little treat that day, and to the congressman, we thank you for that. But, folks, in Washington, D.C., if you happen to be available on a Wednesday afternoon and perhaps lunch is wearing off, uh, stop by Senator Lee's office for some good old green jello and some hospitality. Uh, it definitely does the heart good. So, folks, uh, I'll tell you what, this is getting ready to get into some serious discussion. Uh, Senator Lee is about what we talked about, Cliff, uh, Lisa, Jeanette, Tuesday night, criminal justice reform. Uh, you can call it a part two because Senator Lee is adamant about criminal justice reform. He is adamant about working with other, other members of Congress across the aisle. Uh, and we, Lisa, we got that sense from him as well that he doesn't mind reaching across the aisle and working uh, with other uh, 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 congressmen and senators and things along those lines to make things happen. Uh, And again, we've said it a dozen times on this program, that is something that is is sadly missing, uh, unfortunately. Uh, But it seems to me, Lisa, uh, uh, Cliff, uh, Jeanette, that the criminal justice reform is such a hot topic right now. Uh, It is something, it is so out of control, it is something that cannot be ignored. Uh, Thus, bringing people together, saying, you know what, it is a clear and present danger, if you will, and no disrespect to Harrison Ford for that uh, production. Uh, but I'll tell you what, uh, it is a clear and present issue happening in America right now, the need to change the system. And in a few moments, we're going to go into that conversation. Uh, i let you hear from the senator himself, who graciously gave us time. Uh, but until then, folks, get ready to settle in on a fall evening tonight. I don't know what your plans might be, but uh, we give you a cordial invitation to stay with us here on AJC Radio as we go to the nation's capital and emerge on the steps of Capitol Hill. And tonight it is Senator uh, Senator Lee from Utah. Don't go nowhere. We're coming right back with Spotlight on Capitol Hill. Stay with us. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. Can I ask you a question? Them? Did you know Did you that know there are over there are 2.4 million people, people behind bars behind bar in the, United, in the states. United States? I'll ask you one I'll more question. question. Were, you Were you aware that that, aware? that is the that highest is high number, number of people of behind the bars bar in the entire, the entire world. world? The United the States United makes states up, states up of only 5% percent of the world of population. The world population. But we have but we over have 25% percent of the world's prison of the world's population. population. America, America prides itself on being the most advanced and progressive nation, progressive nation, nation. On, Earth. on Earth. However, However sadly, sadly, we are also we are the world's most archaic. archaic. I'm going to give I'm you a personal invitation, invitation to, get to get involved with the fight with the against fight mass, mass incarceration. incarceration. Take a few Take moments a, to, moment to call to one... Call- 855 529 4252. That is a just cause. And, and we fight for justice. Again, call Again, a just calls today. Don't delay. Call 1 855 529 4252. It is time. And I say it is time. That we take, take America's incarceration seriously. Won't you join us? Call today. Call today.
5: History is history important history. because it shows because because it where you're shows coming, coming from and where you're and going. Type 2 type diabetes, diabetes is something that something runs in my family, family. which means which I'm means at risk. In, in fact,
7: fact, one in three one American, American adults
5: are at risk of developing type 2 type diabetes. Two.
7: And knowing that. If I do nothing, nothing, that family history becomes my family's
2: future. future. And my family family is too important important to me for that. that. Take the risk factor assessment assessment today
3: today at at AskGreen.com.
8: I
7: can solve difficult problems for a
8: Fortune 500
7: company. I can run a successful business. I can manage your own
8: I can motivate your I can put my experience to work for your
1: company.
8: I can teach your
1: children. I can build your bottom I can I could be a could loyal, loyal
8: and productive employee, but I you can't
1: get my skills to, work, to work, work for your organization well, if you, I'm not giving an opportunity. Not. If you don't <laughs> recognize
8: <don't> my talent <laughs> and ability, if, if, if you
1: don't hire, me. if you don't have, you don't have, you
8: don't have an open mind, mind, mind and a workplace that's open to everyone, if you don't realize that America works when everybody works,
7: what can you do? What can you do? What can you do? You can remember
8: it's work.
7: It's what people can do that matters. Nearly 50 Nearly million Americans have disabilities. Dis- Capitalize on their I- talents with employment practices that benefit everyone. Learn more at WhatCanYouDoCampaign.org.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to AJC Radio Spotlight on Capitol Hill And tonight we take a journey, as we have every Thursday since June, and we highlight the congressmen and senators that you folks elected across America. And I'll tell you what, uh, we have found some things out, and I'll guarantee you there are no things that are negative that we are focusing on here on AJC Radio as we shine the light to lift up and to honor our elected officials who are working tirelessly, tirelessly, if that came out correct. Uh, to make a difference across America. And uh, I'll tell you what, as the fall season settles in, elections a uh, year away, uh, I'll tell you what, folks are concerned about the state of this nation and the state of our elected officials that are out there to make a difference, to help govern a nation. And I'll tell you right now, things are happening Right now, regardless of where you may be tonight, I'll give you a couple of the latest weather forecasts as we get started. New York City, 60 degrees, rain showers are falling. As uh, and, and Cliff, help me with the name of the hurricane. Uh, Joaquin. Joaquin has a J in it, doesn't it? Yes. But okay, it's so it's Joaquin. Uh, 60 degrees, folks, be safe out there tonight. Uh, No matter what you're doing, if you're going grocery shopping, picking up some treats for the kiddies, be careful and get back home and then stay out of the elements if you can. In L.A., it's 80 degrees and sunny. In Colorado Springs, 67 degrees and mostly cloudy skies as we again emerge on this season of fall. And tonight as we emerge there, we emerge on our nation's steps of the capital and we shine the light on Senator Mike Lee and Lisa. As we were talking during the break, uh, one of his major passions here in the United States, Congress, that he is really pushing is criminal justice reform. What are your thoughts on that?
4: Yeah, that's something that is very near and dear to him from the talks that I've had with him and also with his, uh, uh, his staff. And he, just, he works really hard at trying to reform the system. He realizes that our system has got some bad things going on in it. That it's pretty much broken to pieces and needs to be fixed. And he's really focused on getting that fixed. He really has a passion for that. He's really driving to try to get that fixed.
2: He really is. And uh again, one of many things uh that he is uh doing, uh, Senator Mike Lee was elected in twenty ten as Utah's sixteenth. He
4: was two thousand eleven a month.
2: Huh? Well I guess he started in two thousand eleven, but he was actually elected.
4: Right, uh, in November of twenty of of, ten. Of 2010. 10.
2: Yeah. Yes, that, thank you for that correction, Lisa. Uh, As as Utah's 16th Senator Mike Lee has spent his career defending the basic liberties of Americans. And Utah is a tireless advocate for our uh, founding constitutional principles. And uh, doing my research, Lisa Cliff, Jeanette, on that, very much a passionate advocate for the Constitution of the United States. Uh, We say all the time on this program, it seems like many of the elected officials, or some of them, have left the Constitution behind Cliff, as, as as we talk about that uh, and the importance of the Constitution, I believe that the Constitution, without question,
5: if followed, you would have the issues that we have in criminal justice system right now. Absolutely. I mean, the, when everybody makes a statement that, oh, America has the best justice system in the world, it is because it's supposed to be based off the Constitution that everybody has the same right, no matter who you are, what rank. What color, sure. what, what creed, whatever. If the Constitution is followed, then yes, we would have the very best system. But again, the the system is implemented by people who are flawed and sometimes have their own, uh, you know, they have they they have their own agenda. So they go outside the Constitution, they find some type of loophole law, and they use it to their advantage to, you know, and and there's no other word to use except. To, uh, corrupt the system, and that is why we have so many issues with the criminal justice system. If we had more people that would go back to the Constitution, as uh, Senator Mike Lee and base all of their decisions based off the founding fathers' ideals, then America would have the best. System. Well, uh,
2: you know, and, and I think that's a point that's well uh, taken, Cliff, that uh, the Constitution of the United States makes it a fair playing field yes. for everybody, and uh. I think if the Constitution is followed, uh, we say, when we, we said this, we made this clear on the show on Tuesday night, uh, it is the system itself, what our founding fathers' uh, intentions were, were all honorable. And they work completely if followed. The problem is, it's not black and white in America because you have people and human beings who are motivated by self agendas. Therefore, the Constitution is not placed. Uh, in the proper uh, place that it should be. And uh, that's a good point. It it says here also that uh, uh, Senator Lee's father, Rex Lee, who served as the Solicitor General under President Ronald Reagan, uh, would often discuss varied aspects of judicial and constitutional doctrine around the kitchen table. We talked about the biscuits and gravy and the eggs. And, Lisa, he comes from a pedigree of that. Tell us a little bit more about that, Lisa, as far as his... uh, uh, his uh, history, and and I guess I think we talked, Lisa. And folks, hang on in there because we're getting ready to bring the the, the exclusive interview uh, that uh, Senator Lee gave uh, AJC Radio. But we're giving a little uh, pre-show, if you will, if you watch a little football. It's called pre-game talk. Uh, that that's what this kind of falls under.
4: Lisa, go ahead. Yeah, um, Senator Lee has. I mean, he's got he's got uh, po- politics in his blood. He's got two cousins, Mark Udall and Tom Udall, are both of, two of his cousins. He got he's got his brother. Thomas Lee, who is a justice on the, <clears throat> excuse me, on the Utah Supreme Court, it's something, and I know in our conversation with him, he mentioned how his father, they always talked politics and talked about uh, our system and things that needed to be done. They talked it, talked about it around the dinner table. He said it wasn't until way later that he realized that everybody didn't do that. That was something that they did on a regular basis. They talked about the things that needed to be changed in the country.
2: I'll tell you what, uh, and you may find this a little amusing. I remember if you grew up with Happy Days, Leave It to Beaver, uh, some of those uh, shows, folks were sitting down uh, around the table having discussions about how the day. That's when America was at a different place, Lisa, wasn't it? Uh, America was at a different place. You sat down and broke bread, and somebody may have been reaching for the last biscuit uh, on the table, but... uh, at the end of the day, there was peace in the home, and conversation was going on. Folks, we don't want to uh, delay this any further. Right now, the exclusive interview with Senator Mike, Mike Lee, on. and I'll tell you what—hang on to your seats. This is a champion for justice. Let's see what he had to say. You doing today?
0: Doing great. How are you?
2: Uh, doing really, really well. Uh, this is Lamont Banks, AJC Radio, along with uh, my colleague Lisa Stewart. And uh, we appreciate you taking a few moments to talk to us today, and uh, hope things are well. I'm sure very busy in Washington right now. Yeah, uh, it's it's going well. It's good to be with you. I appreciate it, uh, Senator Lee. And uh, as we go into, we had talked before that the purpose of Spotlight on Capitol Hill, Hill, excuse me, is about shining the light on our congressmen and our senators and our elected officials across the country. And uh, I'll tell you, we had a pleasure meeting with you there in D.C. a couple of weeks ago, and your passion. Uh, We we really appreciate it, and we counted it an honor to have you on our program. Um, As we go into this, Senator Lee, as we look at some things going on in Congress right now, a big thing happening is criminal justice reform. Uh, People are talking about it all on Capitol Hill. I had an opportunity to research uh, you you and, and your passion for this issue. Can you tell our listeners what is driving you uh, to take a stand and a push for something that it seems to be so very important to the American people right now.
0: Well, we've seen over the last 35 years some disturbing trends. We have a federal prison population that has increased nearly tenfold since 1980. Now, I think this uh, reflects not, not a tenfold increase in the crime rate, uh, as we know that the opposite is true, the crime rate has gone down. It instead reflects a few trends, one of them being the over criminalization of the law generally, another involving the over federalization of criminal law. But it has also stemmed in part from an excessive reliance by Congress on minimum mandatory penalties. This is where Congress will step in and pass a law saying if you commit crime X, then uh, you you will serve no less than five years in prison or 10 years or 20 years, as the case may be. Now, there are instances in which some of these might make sense, but you've got to be very careful with them or else you'll cause problems for the criminal justice system. And ultimately, you run the risk of making the criminal justice system less effective if you rely on them too much and if you set the minimum mandatory penalties too high. That's why I've joined up with some of my Democratic colleagues, led by Senator Dick Durbin from Illinois to introduce the Smarter Sentencing Act which would reform our minimum mandatory sentencing system.
2: Oh yeah, and and, and Senator definitely agree with you on that. Uh and a lot of people are a little bit uh I I think they're not informed that Congress is really working hard uh to bring about these changes in America. We have the Michael Lee Michael Brown situation, excuse me, um and we have the Eric Gardner situation. We have police lack of police accountability all of these things, I think, contribute to, the, of course, the prison issues because there's just like a rogue attitude out there across the country. And I, I say that very uh, carefully because I understand all police officers and judicial folks are not necessarily doing the wrong thing. But there's so much of a shining light right now on the negative based upon this over the last several months, the things that have happened, the lack of uh, belief in the police system, uh, in the in communities. Uh, and then with President Obama taking a step, uh, as, and I'll ask you about that. President Obama takes a step, goes to first sitting president to ever go to a prison, and saw some things, and is saying some things that are very moving, uh, that he made a statement that uh, these are some people that just made some mistakes. Some of them are there, and, and they are there probably, like you say, longer than what they should be. Uh, as you see the Commander-in-Chief take such a position, what message does that send to America, in your in your
0: opinion? Well, it certainly sends the message that it's important to him and that it's it's worth his time. If it's worth the time of the President of the United States, that, that may cause a number of other people to say this is something that ought to be looked into, especially given that this isn't an issue that um, uh, will always necessarily uh, grab you an immediate headline. There are some people who are interested in it, others who aren't. But by shining a light on this particular area, we, we increase the likelihood of getting some success, particularly given the bipartisan coalition that's come behind this effort.
2: And, Senator Lee, as, as you talk about that, the bipartisan effort going on in Washington, at least on this issue, do you see a trend changing in Congress right now that, uh, that gives Americans hope that uh, Congress will be able to get some things done as they collectively – uh, are able to come together on important issues. It seems like that's happening more and more. Uh, we had the opportunity to talk to uh, 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 Congressman Sensenbrenner uh, last week, and uh, he very excited about working with uh, Congressman uh, Scott. Uh, and some things are, are things are the is the mood changing in in, in Washington right now uh, as far as a different trend happening with with legislators be- beginning to start to work together.
0: Yeah. So there are a number of issues where. Republicans and Democrats disagree and in some cases almost irreconcilably, but there are other areas where uh, there is room for compromise and agreement. Increasingly this issue is becoming one of those areas. In other words, with criminal justice reform, this is no longer uh, something uh as to which Republicans and Democrats are, are irreconcilably deadlocked. There uh there is acknowledgment on both sides of the aisle that our criminal justice system needs to be reformed and it's no longer the case that members of Congress are categorically saying you know, let's increase penalties and never look at reducing minimum mandatory penalties. People are saying that it causes a lot of problems when we throw people in prison for a period of time that's excessive in relation to the nature of the crime they committed. In addition to the economic costs to the government of incarcerating people for a long time, there are tremendous human costs associated with putting away people who are husbands and fathers and sons and uncles and nephews uh, sometimes for decades at a time sometimes uh, uh, for a number of years that isn't justified uh, by the severity of the offense they committed
2: No, absolutely and uh, I see
0: here Senator Lee uh, that's
2: just one of many things I think that uh, that seems to be uh, very important to you uh, They, we see here that you seem to be very much um, to preserve, uh, You fight really to preserve uh, the founding document in the United States Senate Advocating efforts to support constitutionality, limited government, fiscal responsibility uh, Individual liberty and economic prosperity So uh, the, the criminal justice reform is one of many things it, it, it appears here that you are uh, involved in uh, And really these issues that we talk about seem to form America uh, not only today but also to our children and our children's children uh i presume that family is very important to you from what i've what i've researched on you uh, how important is that congress congress uh, men the congress individually uh take their responsibilities seriously and and you have to consider the future of america as you do that is that one of those things that i, pres- I presume motivates you to do what you do
0: yes. yes without question i mean you look at at society and all the problems that we face Uh, many of them can be traced to a breakdown of the family. And just the same, strengthening the family holds the key to unlocking a lot of these problems, to unraveling a lot of them. When we do things that strengthen the family and allow families to do what they're there to do, uh, to allow families to function without excessive interference from the government, uh, we open up a lot of possibilities.
2: Oh, absolutely.
4: Um, Senator, this is Lisa Stewart. Um, Hi, had Lisa. A Hi, how are you? Doing great. Yeah, I just wanted to – I'm looking at uh, a little bit of your history, and I'm. Uh, you're very young to be in the position that you're in. You're the same age as my husband, actually. And uh, I noticed that you have three kids. You have two two boys and a girl. Uh, you were an Eagle Scout. You've been uh, involved in those kind of things. You, uh, the po- Politics seems to run in your blood because you're related to Mark Udall and Tom Udall. Uh, you've got a lot of that that ran in your family and people that were involved in that sort of thing. Would you mind telling us a little bit about why you felt that it was important to take this path and what kind of impact you felt that you could have with uh, not only people across the nation, but with your own family and your own children?
0: Sure. Um, You know, my interest in government and politics can be traced back to my childhood. We discussed the Constitution a lot in our family. We would routinely talk about constitutional issues over the dinner table, and I think I was 30 before I realized not every family does that, but it was it was routine in our house, and a few years ago, I decided to run for the United States Senate after I started becoming concerned uh, with the way that the federal government's being operated, uh, that the federal government has become too big and too expensive, it's become too intrusive. It started to take the position that it it can be all things to all people. And it's harming a lot of people in the process. It's undermining uh, families. It's undermining individual liberty. And so that's what motivates me. That's what carries me forward. It's uh, part and parcel of what I view as the American dream, that this is the kind of place where someone can be born into poverty and have the reasonable hope and expectation that if they work hard and play by the rules, one day they'll be able to retire comfortably or, in some cases, even wealthy. And uh, that all works. Uh, that whole american dream works precisely to the extent that we follow the constitution when we depart from it we put ourselves at significant risk for losing some of those same blessings
2: no and abso- absolutely and uh congressman i don't know how much time you got we'd like to ask you one question is that seems to be high on the minds of american people uh is of course the threat of the homeland uh we have isis as a as a moving Strong movement uh, that is as we, as we talked last week, as we a few weeks ago, as we remembered 9/11, the tragedy that took place there. Uh, we reflected on that, uh, and we now face another threat to this country. And uh, people are talking about it. ISIS seems to be the poster child, if you will, of extreme horror that is in the hearts of the American people. As as we see brutal killings. Of Americans and other people, uh, countries of our allies, rather uh, people of those communities. What what are your thoughts on the ISIS situation, and how important is it that we ensure another nine eleven does not happen again, and we take whatever steps necessary to do that?
0: Okay, so first of all, ISIS is um, is a truly evil organization. This is an enterprise that hates America, hates everything Americans stand for, hates the very cause of freedom, hates the idea that individuals could be free to live their lives as they see fit. And this is an organization that would love nothing more than to oversee the downfall of the United States and any other government, any other country on the planet that doesn't, doesn't um, buy into the totalitarian mindset that they have. And so uh, I think we have to view ISIS as presenting a potentially existential threat to the United States, N- not in the sense that they currently have enough military power to uh, to overtake us, but in the sense that unless they are stopped, they're going to cause a lot of harm, a lot of misery to uh, American interests, to Americans around the world, and potentially to our homeland. And so uh, we've got to stop them. We do need a strategy to do that. I have not, as of yet, been satisfied with President Obama's strategy. It's a it's a strategy that's still evolving. But honestly, I I, I can say that I, uh, I I pray for the president on this. Uh, uh, pray that the president will know the right thing to do. Uh, he's in a unique position to be able to develop a strategy for combating this evil that we face.
2: No, absolutely, and, Senator Lee, there was a situation where, uh, at least our understanding was, is that uh, sharing it, the lack of sharing information among law enforcement agencies, uh, not only across the country, but there in Washington, D.C., with the CIA, the FBI, uh, these are issues that my thoughts are that have to be addressed uh, because it comes to a point that, that enough body bags have been filled uh, just with 9-11, just with the, what's happened with ISIS thus far. I agree with you on that. Uh, how important is data sharing and, and really these agencies, you know, if you, and excuse the expression, getting off the ego problems of who gets credit for this or that or who's doing this and that, and we share that information as a collective body of the United States to, to keep America safe? How important is, is it for that at least to start the process of showing this doesn't
0: happen again? Well, yeah, many have, have made that argument that data sharing is absolutely important and have made the argument that we need legislation um, that would facilitate that data sharing. Uh, there, There is another side to it, and this is a is a tricky uh, question. There is no easy solution to this. The concern, which is a legitimate one that's been raised on the other side of this, is that to the extent we allow data, sh- uh, data sharing, Uh, to the extent that there ends up being some type of clearinghouse within the federal government for that data sharing. You run the risk of creating uh, uh, a database that could be hacked, and if it could be hacked, it could actually create more cybersecurity problems than it solves. Um, That really is a concern to me. You look at what happened a few months ago when the Database maintained by the Office of Personnel Management was hacked, and you had um, many millions of security clearances, uh, se- security clearance background check uh, uh, reports that were in a large database were hacked. Um, if that could be hacked, it gives rise to the question of why couldn't the the type of database we're talking about here also be hacked? And so we've got to uh, sure. figure out how issues like those are going to be handled if we're going to pass a bill facilitating this kind of data sharing.
2: Oh, and I, I definitely understand that. And the one last question, Congress, we're not going to hold you too long. I'm, I'm sure you have a lot of things on your plate today. Um, we, in, in reference to that, uh, there is a software uh, system out there uh, called Silk uh, that was developed by IRP Solutions, and my understanding is it's, it's kind of ha- uh hack-free I don't know if that happens in the in this technology in this world, but it is very. Basically, the software is customized uh, to the Department of Justice, to Homeland Security would be customized strictly uh, uh, with their existing system, and just kind of it's kind of weird, but it customizes to to uh, uh, I guess perform under the current system that these agencies may have. Um, This is something that was developed and had not been seen. Uh, And I'm going to, with your permission, uh, Senator Lee, is forward that information to you because it's something you may want to look at uh, in regards as we seek solutions out. uh, I always say all the time, in America, we're all family. And uh, if there's something out there that that can help America... Then I believe that the key decision makers, as Congressman Rangel said on this program a few weeks ago, uh, the tough questions have to be asked and the answers and solutions have to be presented to the people that make those decisions. Uh, And that's what, uh, that's definitely what uh, I think uh, America uh, needs to do and and business people and everybody else that collectively can come together and come up with something that does make a difference. So I do agree with you on that. Um, In closing, I you Again, you were recently uh, in, in Congress, uh, not a long, long stay there thus far. Uh, what are your aspirations going forward? Are we going to see a, a presidential uh, candidate, Lee, uh, down the road? Do you see that for yourself, or what options do you see
0: uh, that you're uh, look at least uh, open to doing? Well, I can tell you this. I will be on the ballot in 2016, uh, but that will be in one state and one state only. That's in, in my home state of Utah where I'll be up for reelection. So I've, I'm in the job that uh, that I ran for in 2010. I'm in the job that I want, and uh, but I do look forward to seeing what happens in the next presidential election cycle.
2: Good deal, and Senator Lee, uh, we uh, we thank you and and thank you for taking some time with us today. It means a whole lot to us, and I want to say I, I salute you and, and thank you for your service to America uh, and to to your state, the state of Utah, and what you what you're doing there on Capitol Hill is. Is is awesome, and uh, we appreciate you so very much for taking the time with us. Uh, we will also be following you and, and your career and and what you're doing. Uh, we had a, we had a great uh, you had a great impact on us when we were there uh, in Washington a few weeks ago. And uh, th- again, thank you for your service, and uh, we appreciate you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be a part of Spotlight on Capitol Hill.
0: Thank you very much. I enjoyed our visit. Okay, thank you, Senator. Yep. Yeah.
4: Yeah, I also want to tell you, we love the green jello. It was good. That was very good. <laughs> oh, good.
0: You come you back know, that's for green jello cool. anytime. That's
2: worth making a, another trip all the way from Colorado, man, that jello. And they put a little whipped cream, was it, Lisa? Yes, it was. On there? <laughs> hey, that's a good thing. That was some good stuff. Thank you so very much.
0: Hey, thank you. You take care. Take care. Bye-bye.
2: All right, and there you have it. Um, Lisa, Senator Lee, uh, making a huge difference. Um, gave us quite a bit of time this morning uh, in spite of his schedule. Um, and sounds like to me he's open to what's out there to keep America safe. Uh, and he made that statement that yes. uh, we need to ensure or look into the software uh, that we want to use, that it's not hackable. It sounds like to me uh, there's some people there on Capitol Hill that's open to what the RP6 have created. Absolutely. Um, that, that's something that uh, that we'll definitely get into. Uh, and we're going to forward that information to the senator, um, and and continue pressing. Ladies and gentlemen, spotlight on Capitol Hill, and again, Senator Mike Lee, uh, I guess elected in 2010 as Utah's 16th senator. Uh, Mr. Lee has spent, excuse me, Senator Lee uh, has spent his career defending the basic liberties of Americans and Utah. Uh, Lee graduated from Brigham Young University with a Bachelor of Science in Political Science and served as BYU's student body president in his senior year. Um, He also uh, graduated from BYU's law school in 1997, went on to serve as law clerk to Judge D. Benson of the U.S. District Court for the District of Utah, and then with future Supreme Court Justice Judge Samuel A. Alito, Jr. on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Third Circuit. This is Spotlight on Capitol Hill as we shine the light on a champion and uh, making some big differences in Washington. Senator Mike Lee, this is Spotlight on Capitol
4: Hill. We'll be right back. Do you know anyone who's been sent to prison who's innocent? The United States is experiencing record numbers of exonerations in cases where people were wrongfully convicted of crimes they did not commit. If you believe that no one should be sent to prison for crimes they didn't commit, there is something that you can do today. By remembering a just cause with a monthly, annual, or one-time donation, you can help in the fight against wrongful convictions. Call a just cause at 855-529-4252 or visit a-justcause.com and click the Donate button. A just cause is a 501c3. Wrongful convictions are wrong. Let's be the voice of those who can't speak from behind the wall.
9: Odds of becoming an astronaut, one in 13,200,000. Odds of being struck by lightning, one in 576,000. Odds of dating a supermodel, one in 88,000. Odds of bowling a perfect game, one in 11,500. Odds of being trapped in an elevator, One in 24,528. Odds of catching a ball at a major league game. One in 563. Odds of an injury from shaving. One in 6,585. Odds of tripping while texting. One in 10. Odds of getting cancer in your lifetime. One in two men. One in three women. It's up to us to change the odds for our generation.
7: For the
0: ones we love. For our future.
9: If you don't like the odds, stand up. Stand up to cancer. Just get in and
1: talk about it. I've got to go home. Oh, come on, Carrie. You're going to a new place.
7: She wants to go home, right? (laughs) You okay to
8: drive? Yeah, fine Relax What's a few beers? If you don't stop your friend from drinking and driving You're as good as dead Drinking and
0: driving can kill a friendship Congress
9: Shall make no law Respecting an establishment
0: uh, Religion Or
9: prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech
0: or of the press or the right of the people peaceably
9: to assemble and to petition
0: the government
9: for a redress of grievances. But
7: the legislators
0: who vote on criminal statutes are, or at least appear to be, uninterested in normative arguments. To make an obvious example, for the past generation, virtually everyone who has written about federal criminal law has bemoaned its expansion. But the expansion has continued pace, Under very different sorts of Congresses and Presidents, normative argument does not seem to have mattered. One can put the point more generally. American criminal law's historical development has borne no relation to any plausible normative theory unless more counts as a normative theory. <laughs> I'm here today because I do care about the normative arguments that can be made in this area. Uh, I care about the normative arguments regarding ever-expanding criminal states. I believe federal over in particular, is detrimental in terms of financial, social, human cost that it imposes on our country. And I'm far from alone in this regard in fact I believe that we're seeing increasing bipartisan sensitivity to open criminalization issues and an increasing openness on the part of members of members to reevaluate federal criminal laws and regulations and making some common sense incremental changes. In conversations with colleagues, more often than not, I hear agreement that federal overcriminalization is a very serious issue. The Sparta Sentencing Act, which I introduced with Senator Dick Durbin to address issues regarding federal overcriminalization related to sentencing for drug violations, already has 23 co sponsors, including six Republicans in the Senate. In the se- and the House Judiciary Committee recently authorized uh, reauthorized its Bipartisan Over-Criminalization Task Force, chaired by Representative Jim Sensenbrenner, which has uh, done and I'm sure will continue to do exceptional work on this topic. And, uh, I'm optimistic that as conferences like this one shed
7: light on the severity of well,
2: there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. This is Lamont Banks along with Lisa Stewart, Cliff Stewart, and Jeanette Williams, as tonight we have taken a journey, and it didn't cost us a plane ticket as we have emerged upon the steps of our nation's capital, shining the spotlight on Senator Mike Lee. And, Cliff, as we sit there and Lisa and Jeanette, I mean, conversation starts almost immediately. As we go over the interview, Senator Lee, sharing his thoughts, seems to be very concerned about the criminal justice system. And, again, there's many things we're going to get into tonight in regards to the senator, but
5: this seems to be on the top of his agenda, Cliff, doesn't it? Absolutely. I mean, you look at uh, his common sense approach that he's looking at. Hey, this is not what our forefathers envisioned when they came up with a criminal justice system. There's there comes a point when a person commits a crime. Yeah. Some people, if they are habitual criminals, need to be locked up for extended periods of time. But the system is supposed to be at, you know, basically helping a person to reform them to find their place back in society in America the criminal our criminal justice system is not pointed at reform. It is not pointed at the rehabilitation. At, exactly rehabilitation yeah. of the individuals. It's pointed at locking you up and the uh, the senators, um, a lot of senators on Capitol Hill including uh Senator Lee, have come to that conclusion and understanding that the the criminal justice system needs to be reformed to come back to basically saying what do we do to help the people who are committing crimes, to try to get them to understand, you don't commit crimes, uh, you know, if, for whatever reason. This is how you go about living your life. The system is to is to basically rehabilitate you, not to lock you down and and take away your life forever. And it huh. needs to be changed, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And I, I think one thing is very, very clear and very, very
2: important. Uh, that needs to happen uh, Jeanette you had a comment
6: Yeah like Cliff was saying um, You know the the Passion that he has for this The the actual um, Criminal justice reform It's affecting everybody So I like that both sides are coming together Like he said both sides of the aisles The Democratic the Republicans They're coming together on this issue Because the minimum mandatory sentences Things like that, that are And the Smarter Sentencing Act He's uh, talking about how the 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 minimums are set too high. The sentence does not justify the the crime. You Absolutely. see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I really, really like that what, when he said, when we depart from the Constitution, we miss out. We lose out on what its purpose was, on what its place is to do and to be for us as Americans.
2: Well, ladies and gentlemen of America, make no mistake about it. Uh, at the end of the day, Senator Lee is talking, uh, uh, Cliff and Jeanette we said, and Lisa, we said before, you have to be about it. You can't just talk about it. Uh, Senator Lee not only starts with the issue with the Smarter Sentencing Act of, of 2015, and that particular uh, uh, bill that he is pushing, pushing, it says it amends the Federal Criminal Code to direct the court to impose a sentence uh, for specified controlled sentences, offenses, Uh, Without regard to any statutory minimum sentence, if the court finds that the criminal history category for the defendant is not higher than Category 2, currently the court may disregard the statutory minimum if the defendant does not have more than one criminal history point. Uh, It goes on further to say that it authorizes a court that imposed a sentence for crack, cocaine, possession, or trafficking offense committed before August 3rd of 2010 on motion of the defendant, the Bureau of Prisons, the attorney for the government, or the court, to impose a reduced sentence. As if provisions of the Fair Sentencing Act of 2010 were in effect at the time such a, that such an offense was committed, provided such sentence was not previously imposed or reduced under such act or such motion wasn't previously denied. Cliff, he this goes to the uh, to the heart of saying we have a problem, and he made the point. President Obama, the other on the, on the, on the show we was doing on criminal justice reform, made a very very clear point to to the American people. He said, "These are human beings." He said, "At the end of the day, these are Americans." Right. And at the end of the day, we don't leave our own in harm's way.
5: That's right. I mean, our our armed forces, every branch says you never leave a man behind, wounded, harmed, uh, you know, in trouble. You do not leave a man behind, and and that comes from basically, like you say, America is a family. You don't leave your brother out there to say, "Okay, well, I'm just throwing you away," and we have to take that same that same process that same insight and say we need to apply that to the criminal justice system to say we don't just take people Americans human beings and throw them in a cage and say you know what we're just leaving you in there forever for one mistake that you made i mean some of these sentencing uh guidelines that happened in the 80s i mean you give a person 20 40 uh 100 430 years like uh like um you know uh Nacho Nacho was saying on Tuesday night that you it's not about just throwing a person in a cage for the rest of their life for one mistake that they made and uh in the sentencing reform act you know basically it sets it sets provisions that that say that not only are we going to reform how these minimum guidelines are being uh set in place and that they need to be stripped apart but it also requires the attorney general to report on how The reduced funds on federal corrections, you know, Bureau of Prisons, how those funds are being used, how the cost savings resulting from this act will be used to help reduce overcrowding in the prisons, to increase investments in law enforcement and crime prevention and reduce recidivism to keep people from going back. So what programs are being put in place? How is the money being spent? Not just to say less, less uh, time for the crime, but. How is it helping to rehabilitate? Well, I think Senator Lee is, the, is the, again, his passion and his movement. Uh, th- this
2: goes into the heart, ladies and gentlemen of America, of what our senators are doing. Senator Lee is a, a prime example of digging down and getting to the, co- to, the, to the source of the problem and saying this is what we have to do. He doesn't stop there. Uh, Senator Lee uh, is on the Inspector General Access Act of 2015. Uh, he's trying to get that passed into law. It amends the Inspector General Act of 1978 to eliminate a provision of such act that requires referral of allegations of misconduct involving the Department of Justice, attorneys, investigators, law enforcement personnel to the Department of Justice, Office of Professional Responsibility, thus allowing the Department of Justice, Inspector General, to investigate those allegations. Exactly. That, that Senator Lee, what he is saying in a nutshell. No one is above the law. We've said that on this program. Senators speaking out, congressmen speaking out saying, look, I believe in the Constitution of the United States. This is what Senator Lee has said. He says if we depart from the Constitution, we have a major problem on the horizon of America. And I think that point is very, very, very important that we understand. And, And when you think about that clip, Jeanette, Senator Lee taking these steps, a man of true integrity, a man that is saying what matters is not about today only. It is about my children. It is about their children. It is about the future leaders of America. And if we don't hold people accountable, we said on the onset, onset of this show, the corruption, the, the scandal, another scandal with the Secret Service, senators crying out for accountability by these administrations, these offices, to say, look, you are not above the law that you can leak a elected official's private Information because you have a little attitude problem because they said something about your agency. Well, if your agency is doing what you need to do, you don't have to worry about that.
6: Exactly. Do your mind. job. Exactly. Do
2: your job. And uh, I salute Senator Lee on that. Uh, I think that's critically important, um, uh, Jeanette, as, as we talk about the senator. The, again, he is doing things that are not just about today, it is about the core, it is about the future. It is about the very foundation this country was founded upon, and that foundation is the Constitution
6: of the United States. And, Lamont, that's what gives Americans hope that Congress is doing something to bring about change. Like, Senator Lee, he is not afraid of losing ratings. He is not afraid to stand by his convictions. He does not... Like and he's made mention about the his take on the all or nothing approach in Congress sometimes it's like um, even what reform means to him he was um, speaking about how the the um, cr or continuing resolution that that's what the CR stands for well with Under continuing resolution, representatives and senators are unable to vote for some things and against other things. It's like you have to take the whole package or nothing. He doesn't like that. And he's made mentioned that he does not like that. So he said it's like comparing, like going to the grocery store and needing eggs and milk. And instead of just getting eggs and milk, you have to get motor oil and all this stuff in this package. Well, he has taken a stand to do something about that. He said, JFK once said, to govern is to choose. So to govern by CR or continuing resolution is not to choose. Therefore, it's not governing at all.
2: Oh, absolutely. And as I forget the terminology they use on that uh uh as far as uh kicking the can down the road, is that what they say, Cliff?
3: Yeah, that's it.
2: Uh let's kick the can down the road, but if, ladies and gentlemen, make no mistake about it. If you're walking down the street and you kick the can a few feet, you're going to come into, you're going to approach that can again. Uh <laughs> you you delay the inevitable. Uh, what I what I find amazing about Senator Lee uh is his his reasoning to not be a burden to the American people. These actions that he's taking is to say, what can we do to alleviate the burden off of the American people, whether it's our criminal justice system? He made the point, Cliff, in regards to the money cost to to taxpayers, the, the burden, getting that burden off their backs. He actually had a statement to talk about his integrity in regards to what motivates our Congress
0: to try to lift that burden.
2: Here's what he had to say.
0: You've got an elephant and you want to eat that elephant. You can't swallow the elephant all at once. You've got to take it at a bite at a time. One bite at a time. We can do that in a way that still shows our bold colors as conservatives, that doesn't require us to put on pastels and blur the difference between conservatives and people who are not conservatives. Uh, But we need to do it a step at a time. And, And these are very digestible pieces of legislation, very digestible reforms, that could move forward sometime in the next few years and could... Uh, gain the support of a majority uh, of uh, the members of both houses of Congress. And so that's why it's important to do this. You know, Abraham Lincoln said that the most important function of government uh, was to clear the paths of laudable pursuit, to lift artificial weights from the shoulders of all, uh, and, and thus provide for a fair start in, in the race of life. And that's really what we're trying to do here. here Many of these artificial weights on the shoulders of Americans are placed on the shoulders of Americans by the federal government. We're looking for ways that we can start removing some of those weights. We might not be able to remove all of them, and maybe not all at once, but if we can remove one or two of them here or there, that's a good start.
2: Well, there you have it. Cliff, uh, wow. Uh, You you hear his sincerity. Uh, He is saying if it takes one step at a time, and him who we're talking about champion, Senator Lee, Mike Lee from Utah, says if we can take a step, and you know what you find, to to the point Jeanette alluded to, kick the can down the road is not going to get it done. That's right. He says if we have to go one step at a time, let's alleviate the burden off the backs of the American people. Cliff, when you have someone
5: selfless as that, change has to be around the corner that's right he understands what it takes to make the change you take one step at a time you change one issue at a time and issues plural begin to change it's just like building a wall you take one brick at a time one brick by itself that's not a wall that's a brick you can you barely would stumble over that but you take a bunch of bricks you line them up one at a time and then you have a wall you, you continue to build on that wall that wall becomes impervious to invasion. So if you make change one step at a time, the next thing you know, you have a system that actually works. Imagine that. Let's go to the phone lines. We've uh, we got a few people on that uh, want to make a comment. We apologize for your wait, but uh, now we're ready for you. We have uh, Michelle who wants to make a comment about uh, some of the things she's hearing about Senator Mike Lee. Michelle, are you with us? hear me yes we hear you
1: okay i'm very interested to hear more about the two pieces of legislation that you guys have brought up um because i have concerns about um, the fact that we have a lot of judges and prosecutors with absolute power and absolute immunity and that's the reason that there to me is rampant corruption throughout the judicial system because they're not held accountable so i'd like to know more about that second piece of legislation i think both pieces if something comes of it, would be phenomenal to change the system. And so you mentioned that they can actually investigate. I'd like to know, is there anything within that legislation that says, hey, and if you do something wrong, we're coming for you. Thank you.
5: And thank you for your uh, for your comment. Now, uh, the piece of legislation that Michelle is speaking of is the uh, Inspector General Access Act of uh, 2015. And, Michelle, you can go out there and you can check under uh, the related bill, which is H as in Henry, R mm-hmm. as in Rio, H.R. 2240. That will give you all the details of that. And basically this act, like Mont uh, said before, it it takes out the provision where – Someone has to query the inspector general to do an investigation. Right. It says the inspector general can go after these members of the DOJ by themselves. Attorneys, uh, you know, FBI, everybody who's under DOJ umbrella, they can go after them without having to be queried by someone else. So, so sure. the, uh, the inspector general... Uh, see something going on, the Office of Professional Responsibility can go after that immediately. And,
2: and I'll tell you what, that is a huge act of courage on behalf of Senator absolutely, Lee. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, because he's attacking, not attacking, but he is calling for accountability for uh, no matter what branch of government you're in, you're not above right. the law. You are subject to an investigation. You are subject to penalty under the law. And it goes back to what we said about Senator Lee. His admiration and his
5: uh, emphatic implementation
2: of the constitution of the united states and everything that we do that's
5: right because you look at we what we see today we see things happening with the uh the cia out of control secret service out of control that uh leaking of congressman's uh personal information congressman lee says do what you will do your best but i'm standing up for justice i'm ensuring that the constitution uh that everything that the forefathers wanted to, for the American people, that it is offered because the Constitution, in itself, as our our founding laws, our founding guidelines, that it is upheld, that the American people can believe in it, and that Congress and um, the the judiciary and law enforcement will continue to be bound by that document sure. that gives everybody the uh, the, the right. Of any American system, uh, citizen rather. I'm sorry. No matter who you are, uh, we have on the uh, on the line another. And, and thank you again for that comment, Michelle. Appreciate it. And we have another caller on the line uh, tonight. We have Ethel. She wants to make a comment uh, about something that the senators ha- said. And uh, Ethel, you're live. Go ahead.
1: Yes, thank you. Um, I just wanted to to say that I applaud um, Senator Lee he his, his his enthusiasm his tenacity and his drive is what we need in order to bring about the reform that is needed in the criminal justice system and he he had made um reference to uh this big elephant if you want to eat the elephant you have to eat it piece by piece and and what i wanted to just just point out to that is if you have enough people enough people that are taking a bite off of this elephant you are very soon to get him eaten and I want to just 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 thank him so much for everything that he's doing for his initiatives. People need to know that our senators in Congress are doing something to help this country. To 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 to, to not just sit back and 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 say we're well, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that, but people who are actually out there making a difference. And I just wanna want to applaud the senator and thank you for taking my call.
2: And thank you so much for that, F. O. and 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 Cliff. When you hear folks calling in. Uh, it sounds like something's catching on across America uh that people are starting to recognize wait a minute, I wasn't aware of that exactly i didn't know this was going on and and I think uh we talk about the character of a person and the mm-hmm. character of a of a man or a woman uh that that deals with these issues, and I think the character of Senator Lee is so profoundly sincere it really is uh that that Leaves you somewhat speechless. Spe- excuse me, speechless yes, or tongue tied, spe- maybe. Uh, tied, maybe. <laughs> uh, but it makes you really appreciate uh, what what our legislators Lisa, are doing up there. Uh, and and when the, uh, you know to to the caller's point,
5: uh, you know, y- you got to pat people on the back. Right. And and you know the thing that I see with the callers, Mon, that that you don't typically see is people are basically reciting what the what they heard the senator say right typically you do not get a caller who calls in and say hey you know that piece of legislation that i heard so-and-so talking about you, you don't get a caller that calls in and say hey, i was watching c-span for the last six hours and i heard one of the congressmen uh one of the members of congress say something but this gives a a a road map this gives a guideline this gives uh, uh, access to like you say the champions of justice like senator lee that people are calling in and saying, hey, I heard what he said. I heard the legislation that, that he's a part of. I want to get more information on that. And that is what Spotlight on Capitol Hill is about, is about exposing and bringing a spotlight to what these uh, members of Congress, what they're doing for the American people. And you can see it's catching on. They're calling in saying, I want to get more information about this legislation. Well, la-
2: Well, ladies and gentlemen of America, again, make no mistake about it. If you wonder if you tuned in to CNN tonight and you've heard something positive, I guarantee you, check your dial or check your internet connection. This is AJC Radio Spotlight on Capitol Hill, and tonight we applaud a champion and Senator Mike Lee from Utah. And uh, I'll tell you what we talked earlier about the character, the conviction of a man, a woman, a leader makes a difference to a nation. Uh, Senator Lee talked about conviction. Let's hear what he had to say. After this, we'll be right back.
0: The city of God was submitted for safekeeping to the city of man. So from ancient tribes to modern empires, governments derived their authority from the church and vice versa. Uniform obedience to the established religion was enforced by the state, and dissent from official orthodoxy was outlawed. Minority faiths were suppressed, and heresy was punished as a crime. America was different, not by accident, or chance, or whim, but by design. Because America was founded by men and women, families, and congregations, who turned the oppression of the ages inside out. They, we, insisted that religion is simply too important, too essential, too central to human happiness and to social flourishing, to be managed by and subject to the whims of mere politicians. These were the pilgrims, the dissenters, and the conscientious subjectors who had the courage to flee religious persecution in the old world And they also had the conviction to build a community of religious liberty in the new world. They were extraordinary men and women, but they had an extraordinary and even more extraordinary devotion to the belief that it is not only possible but necessary to render the things that are Caesar's unto Caesar and to render to God the things that are God's.
1: Today, an innocent person is standing trial for a crime they did not commit. Today, an innocent person is writing for help from a prison cell. 245 people have been exonerated by DNA testing, but researchers believe that at least 40,000 innocent people are still behind bars. For them, the answer is the Innocence Project, an organization that uses DNA technology to free those who've been wrongfully convicted of a crime. For more information about how you can support the Innocence Project, go to mylifetime.com.
8: Every crime has a victim, and every victim needs help. Being violated by a crime can leave you feeling alone in the world. National Center for Victims of Crime can help. Let us be your resource, your support, your guide to rebuilding your life and restoring hope. Yes, you have the ability to recover. Take the first step. Call 1-800-FYI-CALL or visit us at www.ncvc.org.
9: These are the voices that prisoners in solitary confinement hear every day. Out of Arizona's total of 2,076 prisoners held in solitary, 30% are taking prescription medication to deal with mental illnesses and 11% have diagnosed schizophrenia. Experts report that the extreme and prolonged isolation exasperates pre-existing conditions and appears to even cause mental illness in prisoners who were not previously ill. While prisoners deserve punishment, Arizona can do better. We need to change the solitary confinement rules. Unlike any other states, Arizona prisoners are held in 8 by 10 cells for at least 23 hours a day with no windows and virtually no human interaction. Perhaps the best way to fix solitary confinement so it strikes a balance between punishment and humanity is to decrease the size of solitary units. Colorado, Texas, Mississippi, and Illinois have decreased the size of their units, only admitting prisoners who need the rehabilitating experience, and have saved over $6 million without compromising prison safety. A study produced in Colorado reported that after decreasing the number of solitary units, prisoners experienced an improvement in overall mental health of the confined inmate population. How can we do this? We need to reach out to Director of Corrections Charles L. Ryan, asking him to decrease the number of solitary units. Solitary confinement needs to remain a place for punishment and behavior change, but it can also be a place of innovation and rebuilding. Thank you.
3: Ladies
2: and gentlemen, welcome back to AJC Radio and Spotlight on Capitol Hill, as tonight we have taken a few moments to shine the light on Senator Mike Lee from Utah. And the clip that you heard previously before the break, uh, Senator Lee is expressing the importance of living by your conviction, but also doing right by your God-given ability, if you will, or reason or purpose to help the nation, Lisa, the the country, the government in which you uh, live by as an American citizen, to right. render he uh, he he quotes a a, a biblical scripture, uh, render unto Caesar's that which is Caesar's and render unto God what is God. Um, and the fact is, folks, basically saying don't abuse uh your Your religious beliefs or your faith to avoid the doing the right thing
4: right, right
2: uh that speaks volumes to the character of senator lee yes it does uh and now, this is not a Sunday school lesson, but you get into uh i guess when when they came to try to trick uh uh Jesus, they made the statement to him that well did he expect him not to do the right thing by the government in which they uh, uh are, are a part of if you will, and that's the answer they hey, do right by your your country. And you do right by your, your, your God or your faith or whatever it is that you, that you live by. Uh, Lisa, I think that speaks volumes to integrity. Your thoughts? It
4: absolutely does. Um, I'm, I think any man, who, whether you're in a position of leadership or not, uh, to be a strong man, you should be led by your convictions and you should be able to stand by your convictions. Um, I've said that before about other people that we've talked about. But I think it's such an important aspect of being a leader in this country that you understand that there are, uh, there's more to life than just one thing. There's more to life than just uh, politics. There's more to life than just my family. There's, everything comes together. Everything comes together. You have to deal with each with all the individual pieces, pull them all together, and figure out how to how to handle them and how to do them right.
2: No, absolutely. And Jeanette, as, as it looks like you had a couple of points you wanted to point out. Uh, go ahead.
6: Yeah, I wanted to quote Senator Lee. Um, he he said something which which um, speaks to his devotion. He, it speaks to his heart for that he has for the people. He said that Congress should be willing to do what hardworking Americans always do when faced with challenges. They work late nights, early mornings, and even through the weekends. He said we owe it to the people who sent us to Washington to fix
4: our broken government. Wow. Oh, that's awesome.
5: He said we owe it. Uh,
3: you right. know,
2: if you... If you go buy something and put it on your credit card, you owe it back. Now, that's a very that's a very uh, shallow comparison or analogy. But Senator Lee is saying we owe the people. That's right. That's, uh, Cliff, if I'm not mistaken, what I'm hearing is something that is on a very important document that holds that word. We the people of the United States. It goes back, uh, Cliff, to his passion for the Constitution. This is... This is what is going to make America come to where they need to come to. And every week, we say on this program, we learn something every week. Uh, Somebody's passionate about criminal justice. Somebody's passionate about, uh, you know, accountability. Somebody's passionate this week, the Constitution of the United States, which is is supposed to be the most sacred document that governs a nation.
5: That's right. And it is to every American who knows... uh... How America came to be free. I mean, when you when you look at the history of America, you look at the fact that it was founded by uh, men basically of low esteem that were sent here or came here and said, you know what? We're going to hack our living out of the wilderness. We're going to do whatever it takes to become a people that are proud to say we have diversity. We treat each other right. All of us have the same rights. There is no... You know, there is no no tyranny. There is no one man at the top that is better or or can be more than what anyone else is. It's all about equality here in America. And when you look at Senator Lee and the things that he says, see what here on Spotlight on Capitol Hill is not just about the laws that he that he wrote. It's not just about a bill that that you know he started. It is about the person about who he is, what he believes, his moral stance, who he is at a per- as a person, not just from his career in Congress, but like he said, sitting around the table as a young boy, watching listening to his father tell him the constitution of the United States and the and uh the Holy Bible are the two most sacred documents that any American should have in their home and and that they should understand them. And Senator Lee understands that that the constitution was put in place to ensure that we have freedom and it, it is it's uh it's encouraging, it's enlightening and it, you know, just warms your heart to see a person that is fighting for the justice of the american people someone such as uh Senator Mike Lee. Yeah, and and and, and Cliff couldn't have said it better.
2: Um you know, there was a picture, Cliff. Do you remember when we were in Washington that showed uh, yes. uh,
5: George, George Washington,
2: Washington. Mm-hmm. as he bowed a knee? Uh, I believe it was before battle. Yes,
5: it was before the uh, one of the battles that he went to. I don't, I don't remember the caption. Sure, but it brings you. I mean, when you look at that, you say, "Okay, here is a man that understands, and he goes to his God to pray because he needs guidance." And what do I do for? the people of america what do i do how do i tell them the things that are right because he's not just about himself it's not just about his political position what he wants to become but he says you know what i'm in this position and like senator lee says i owe it to the people who voted me in. right we i have a debt to the people the only way i can repay them back is by standing on on uh the morals that i believe are right Doing the right thing, making the right vote, and bringing into law and saying the right things that ensure that every American citizen has a has an equal right mm-hmm. in the in the same place, basically at the dinner table. Well, it, it speaks volumes. You
2: know, we wonder why a lot of times in America that the Constitution is referenced so many times. Yes. Uh, when you see something that we just discussed uh, moments ago in regards to that picture, that image that is embedded in our minds that we mm-hmm. saw. Uh, It speaks to the strength of the Constitution. And whether folks believe it or not, the Constitution was founded upon some moral uh, actions Some uh, that that men, like you said, Cliff, felt a need to pray and ask their creator for direction. I mean, it takes a creator to to help you run a country, to do the right thing. And and we talk about, Lisa, the values of Senator Lee, uh, his religious background coming from uh, Utah, his passion for his religion, his faith. Uh, to believe that without honoring and 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 cherishing that faith, uh, that's a driving force in his life that causes him to say, "I'm going to step out and do things that may not be popular, may not be well received." But guess what? My moral conviction. Uh, you need a little bit. Of, you need quite a, not a little bit. You need quite a bit of that. Yes, you do. Uh, to be successful, if you're uh, going to get
4: anything done, you have to have. You that.
2: have to have a compass, if you will, yes. an eternal compass. Senator Lee. Uh, I mean, I'm blown away tonight again uh, by a senator. Uh, th- this is what America was founded on, as Cliff alluded to earlier. Yeah. The foundation of, of you know what, I can't do this alone. You know, I need my brother across the aisle to help me. I need, whether he's a Republican, independent, whatever, let's come together as a, as a nation and as America and get things done. And Senator Lee, what a prime example, uh, Jeanette, of, of him doing that uh, and not only starting it but continuing Uh, in his focus uh, to that fact
6: absolutely i just agree wholeheartedly with you well absolutely and i'll
2: tell you what uh you know this just this just gets uh bigger uh he's doing a lot of things uh cliff even further down the road as we review uh his situation but before we go there let's go to the phone
5: Yeah, uh, we have, um, you know, we want to make sure we give everybody a chance to make their comments. So we have um, Ashley on who has a comment about uh, Senator Lee and what she's heard uh, about him and, and the things that he said that he has said tonight on this show. So go ahead, Ashley, you're live.
1: Yeah, I just yeah, wanted to just say wanted it was to say- good to see a senator, you know, standing up and speaking out. Um, I think one thing that really stood out to me is he was
4: 30 years old. Um, I think I heard that he was 30 years old whenever he decided that he really wanted to take part, you know, and make a change. Um, so, again, that's something that really stood out to me because, really, you can do it at any age. And another thing that stood out to me was he's truly compassionate about the change, and that's, you know, what what it takes for change, um, so I just thank him for being interviewed on the show, and thanks for all the information.
2: And you're welcome, uh, and thanks, Ashley, for the phone call. And uh, you know, uh, if I'm not hearing, if I'm hearing correctly, Cliff, uh, a chord is being struck in the hearts of the people listening to this show tonight. That is, that's right. Uh, th- you know what? Th- that's what this is about. That is. Uh, what it is. It, it's, it, they call it thought provoking. Uh, that makes you st- sitting back and. Wow, man! What, what? You know, if if whatever situations we're in as a country, we're in it together, uh it's going to take us together to get out of it, and uh, that's something that we definitely have to, uh, um, you know, t- uh, take a look at. Um, and I was looking at another one of Senator Lee's uh, passions here: uh, the Fairness for High Skill Immigrants Act of twenty thirteen. Uh, the, the summary of that act goes into the Fairness for High-Skilled Immigrants Act of 2013 amends the Immigration and Nationality Act to eliminate the per-country numerical elimination for employment-based immigrants and increase the per-county numerical limitation for family-based immigrants from 7% to 15 of the total number of family-sponsored visas. Uh, uh, Cliff, looks like he goes into trying, as we know, the immigration is a huge topic in America. Uh, and and we're trying to get some some things. He's he's stepping out to show kindness as a humanitarian. That the immigrants in this, the the immi- immigrant excuse me in this country are of great importance, and we don't
5: throw those folks away. That's right. right. I mean, the, you when you you look at the immigration, you know, whatever we want to call you want to call it, an issue, a problem a uh legislation whatever when you look at it it still involves people and right. what the when you when you look at a person like Senator Lee he understands that you don't just take a person and say because you weren't born here because uh you're not here legally that we just throw you back and not care about what's going to happen to you on the other side of the line you you look at I mean he, he's dealing with uh, the fact that a family will be broken up A person could be put into a dangerous situation America has always been a sanctuary from those who are running from danger For sure. from those who have been running for, from trouble Sure some of them come over here illegally and that needs to be addressed But uh, you know in my opinion you don't just take a person and say You know what I'm just going to throw you back across the line And whatever happens to you happens No that's not that is not the solution well, and I think to that point,
2: uh, Cliff, the at least in my research on the immigration situation in this nation right now, uh, there are, it's not as it seems. Uh, these folks did just not jump up one morning and say, "Let's get on a boat and, and, and get to America as soon as possible and do this illegally and all that." You have folks that were actually, uh, you have folks that were actually
5: born.
3: Yeah,
2: uh, in America, their parents came over here. Whatever circumstances that drove them, and a lot of them came over here because they were running. Cliff, as you said, for their lives.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, whether it's Mexico, where the cartel has taken over, uh, in in many many cases, uh, uh, and I think you make a good point. Our leaders of our the leaders of America have to be human. And that's critically important, Lisa, as, as we, again, the, the, what we talked about Senator Lee in his office, the human kindness, the humanitarian yes. spirit, if you
4: will, uh, associated with this man is, is is what America needs. And you know what, Lamont, it rubs off on the people around him because everyone in his office, wow. it, it was the same way. I it mean, sure it was. was like you walked into into a family, into a room with your family in it. And you're sitting there, and you're wow. talking, and it's just, it was so free and so open. It's, and I know it comes from, it's a result of who you're, who you're right. there working with.
2: Without question. And uh, I'll tell you what, uh, that is what makes America what it is today. And, uh, we, you know, folks, all the, the precious stones are not lost. Uh, and they have, they, have, they, actually reside in offices on Capitol Hill. And these folks are doing some things. I'm so overwhelmed, Lisa, the impact. Of spotlight on Capitol Hill, what we have learned, what we learn every day, uh, it makes you, you know, you fit, you think about them. You turn on CNN now and see the Congress folks on there working hard. You know, you have a different appreciation and a different outlook on those Congressmen. It's like you're connected to them. That's right. Uh, and that's, I think, that's amazing. And uh, you know what? This is an experience that I think all Americans and our listening audience needs to pay attention to, um, and and it, it's something that's important. And I think it changes the culture. It changes the mindset It's amazing what positive yes. uh, uh, Reinforcement does To the heart and the spirit Of of of, of mankind uh, Cliff, uh,
5: I mean, your thoughts on that Well, yeah, because we have Enough uh, negative We have enough um, You know, someone Just like today, someone went on a shooting spree At another school We have enough of that in the news We have enough trouble We have enough Secret Service Leaking a congressman's Uh, You know personal information we have enough of all of the things that makes us cry on a daily basis but what we don't have is enough information about the people who are trying to make a difference and a lot of times Lamont you know you say that we when we when we look at the uh, the polls the ratings for Congress's approval rating. It is a misconception because the American people do not really know what is going on on Capitol Hill. They look at it as overall like, okay, this is the picture I see. Uh, To them, it doesn't look like something's getting done. But when you really get down into it, when you turn a spotlight on a man, uh, a uh, senator, a father, uh, a human being like Senator Lee, when you turn the spotlight on him and you look at him as a person, and you say, well, this person happens to be a senator, and these are the things that he's going after. But who he is as a person is what he does in the United States Senate. And that is what is more important than just his name being written on a bill or his signature saying that, you know, I concur with what this vote is. The person who is being spotlighted, the, it, it speaks volumes to why he is in Congress, why he takes the stands. That he does, and it all boils down to the moral fiber of who he is and how his father taught him. The the document that every American must always keep in mind is the United States Constitution. Let it guide you in your in your political career. Let it guide you in the decisions that you make and how you look at your fellow man. Because if you do, you will have the same insight that our forefathers did. That says it's we the people for the people and by the people. We are all here. For each other, to help each other, and to ensure that the laws that are put into effect continue to go down that path.
2: And he makes, uh, as we visit, what brought Senator Lee on his journey, what what, what drove him, and we, we touched on this a little bit earlier, that Senator Lee acquired a deep respect for the Constitution early on in his life. Uh, his father, Rex Lee, again, who served as a Solicitor General of the, under President Ronald Reagan. Uh, would often discuss varied aspects of judicial and constitutional doctrine around the kitchen table. And uh, from due process to the use of executive power, uh, he attended most of his father's arguments before the United States Supreme Court, giving him a unique hands-on experience and understanding of government up close. It goes further that uh, Senator Lee graduated from Brigham Young University, a Bachelor of Science in Political Science, and served as BYU's student body president in his senior year. Uh, He graduated from BYU's Law School in 1997, went on to serve as law clerk to Judge D. Benson of the U.S. District Court for the District of Utah, and then with future Supreme Court Justice, Judge Samuel A., I believe it's Alito, Jr., on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Third Circuit. Uh, Lee spent several years as an attorney with the law firm of Sidley in Austin, specializing in appellate and Supreme Court litigation and served as assistant U.S. attorney in Salt Lake City, arguing cases before the United U.S. Court of Appeals for the Tenth Circuit. Uh, It goes further. Today, Lee fights to preserve America's profound uh, founding document, proud founding document in the United States Senate. He advocates efforts to support constitutionality and limited government. Uh, Lee is a member of the the Judiciary Committee, serves as chairman of the Antitrust uh, Competition Policy and Consumer Uh, right subcommittee protecting business and competition and personal freedom Uh, he also oversees issues critical to utah as the chairman of water and power subcommittee of energy and natural resources committee he serves on the armed services committee and the joint economic committee uh, as well you wonder how much can actually be done and lee and his wife uh sharon live in alpine utah with their three children He is a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and served a two-year mission for the church in Texas, Rio Grande Valley. And ladies and gentlemen, as we take a moment to shine the spotlight on Capitol Hill tonight, what an honor, what a privilege to take a look at the man, as Cliff alluded to, the man, the character, and I call him a champion and a hero on Capitol Hill. This is Spotlight on Capitol Hill Thursday. We'll be right back as we close out the spotlight on Senator Mike Lee. What an extraordinary man. Stay with us. So most people don't understand the importance of exercising and eating right. Most people think it's about getting super buff or eating grass to keep that perfect bod. but to those who believe that, are wrong. Exercising regularly and getting the right balance of nutritious food leads to a common diagnosis known as healthy. Now healthy may sound mainstream and boring, but boring. it's real. It improves your immune, system, your immune system, boosts self-confidence and controls body It gives you energy and improves your overall, overall So Next time you think that's not bad,
0: think again and be the best you, you can be.
8: Here are 50 white guys. Here are 50 black guys. Here's how many white guys can expect to go to prison in their lifetime. The chances amount to 1 out of 17. Now, here's how many black guys can expect the same thing. The chances are 1 out of 3. Why? Lots of reasons. It's complicated, but one thing is clear. There's racial bias at every level of the criminal justice system. When blacks and whites commit the same kind of crimes, blacks are more likely to be arrested. Once arrested, they're more likely to be convicted. Once convicted, they're more likely to serve longer sentences. Look at the numbers in America's so-called war on drugs. About 14% of America's drug users are black, as are about a quarter of drug sellers. Yet black is 34% of people arrested for drug crimes. And those convicted of drug crimes, 46% are black. By the time we factor in sentencing, there are actually more black drug offenders than white women in state prisons and federal prisons. In the end, the incarceration rate for drug crimes is ten times higher for blacks than it is for whites. These are the facts. Racial disparities in America's war on drugs are one big reason that one of three black men can expect to go to prison in their lifetime. Hey guys, I'm Jordan Sparks.
7: I'm Chase Crawford. And hey, what's up? It's Usher.
8: Hi, I'm
1: Rachel Dilson. I'm Hayden
7: Christensen. I'm Peyton Manning. Hey, we're Fallout Boys. I'm Jared Archuleta. I'm Corbin Blue.
1: I'm Kristen Bell.
7: And we're the Jonas Brothers.
1: Do something good for your community.
7: Reuse bags and bottles and always recycle. Help us collect a million pounds of food. Help people prepare for natural disasters. Do something about homelessness. Anyone could be a rock star in their community. So then do something. Do something. Do something. Do something. Do something.
8: Visit do something.org to find out how
7: Hi, I'm an
5: actor And that qualifies me to talk to you about social issues And even though my opinion is controversial I believe that racism is wrong Now today, what I would like you to do Is take a look at your skin color And hug
7: somebody that has a different color skin We can stop racism together, one hug at a time Definitely ask permission before you hug somebody. Thank you.
2: And there you have it, folks. uh, If you don't have chill bumps running up your back, uh, check the heat index in your home, because I'll tell you right now, Lisa, Senator Lee moving a crowd. But he said one thing very important, Cliff and Jeanette, Lisa. He said his views may be conservative, but he said one very important word. He said truth resonates with the American people. Yes. yes, now, I haven't heard that too often from anybody. Did you hear the enthusiasm in Senator Lee's presentation? What does that tell you about the man?
6: He's speaking from his heart. I mean the passion that he has i mean, like he said the the truth you you hear it and you recognize it. everybody recognizes truth
2: well he he made the statement it resonates and uh to res- something to resonate with you and sticks with you uh if there was ever a time in America where information needs to stick, conviction needs to stick uh, it's right now, cliff as you then uh, this entire studio stands at a point of awe uh in regards to Senator Lee, what are your thoughts when you hear a
5: senator passionately
2: address the word called truth
5: well? That's what it takes And when you When you get somebody who their their Passion comes out That is why people had to vote for him That is why People follow him that It's not just his passion but his passion for the truth That says okay this is a man Who is going to make A, a difference. difference Not Not just because he's a congressman Not just because he might have some connections Not just because his dad was a solicitor general But the fact that he goes after the truth, and he's passionate about it. Anytime you find somebody like that, you can follow that person. You can follow that person into battle. You can follow that person into danger because you know that at the end of the road, they are going to lead you to the right place. Well, Utah,
2: I don't know the population of Utah, but I'll tell you right now, the folks down there in Utah got it right again with with Senator Mike Lee. Folks, you know – Uh, What I'm learning, Lisa and and Cliff and Jeanette, is that we got some pretty intelligent people across the United States of America because, and I can guarantee you, we say this depending on your geographical location, you went out to the polls on one night, and I can guarantee you in Utah in November, it was a little chilly, a little cold, and you took a trip to the polls and you voted for Senator Mike Lee, and and I'm thrilled, Lisa, and, and you look like you're beaming. Uh that I'm I'm just thrilled for what we're hearing tonight. Lisa, your thoughts.
4: Yeah, I think I mean I'm I've been going over some things that uh that Senator Lee has written. And I mean if you want to get a little more insight into his thoughts and his thought process, go out to his website and read what he wrote. Uh what is it called? And uh let's go. I lost it, guys. I'm sorry. An agenda for our time. There you agenda go. for our time. That's it. Yeah. He wrote that and it's out on his website. Uh, at uh, senate, uh, what is it? Lee.senate.gov, and it ta- talks a lot about how he feels about so many things, about the poverty, about the poor in our country, about what things need to be done, what things need to be changed. I mean, he goes in depth uh, for uh, quite a while, uh, talking about these different things, and he his passion again is just it's it's so out there. You can just see and feel what he what he feels, and it's obvious that he cares about this nation he cares not just about the people that are doing well he talks about the middle class and what how the middle class is lacking then he also talks about the po- the poor and how people are not in poverty because they're poor they're in poverty because they don't have access to the same opportunities as other people well, and he, he said that the answer to that is to bring them in and give them these opportunities so i mean the man this wow. man, this man speaks Some truth that I mean that I can really stand behind.
6: Lisa, that is so true because I also want to just chime in on that because I grew up myself in an underprivileged situation and in the public school system, and then as a now a mom who homeschools my kids, I can appreciate his stand on education and the Enhancing Educational Opportunities for All Students Act, also the Expanding School Choice Act. All those things. I mean, my hats off to him.
2: Okay, and thanks, Jeanette, uh, for the motherly uh, point of view of that, which is critically important. Ladies and gentlemen of America, I'll tell you right now, if you're wondering if firecrackers are going off across the country, make no mistake about it, it's not the 4th of July, but it is Spotlight on Capitol Hill Thursday here at AJC Radio. And I'll tell you right now, Senator Mike Lee, give him a bow if you see him, tip your hat if you're on the nation's, at the nation's capital. And if you happen to be available on a Wednesday afternoon, stop by and get a little bit of green jello and land lakes whipped cream. Uh, you know, thanks, thanks to the staff, to the senator for taking time with us, and his, at least, as you said, his entire staff uh, welcomed, welcomed us as if we were family. Ladies and gentlemen, this show will be at AJCRadio.com. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell everybody you notice what's going on at AJC Radio on Thursday night. And, uh, folks, if you think this is part of the excitement i got good news for you we're just getting started here on ajc radio because this happens every thursday night join us because we intend to 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 shine the light on our elected officials and man every time i leave here thursday night cliff and i see the smile on your face uh every time we leave here on a thursday evening we're pretty excited and pretty motivated about
5: we can't wait till next week can we Absolutely. I mean, it gets you pumped up, makes you feel like, you know, you have learned something new about what goes on in Congress. Like I said, we've been there so many times and we we see these uh, congressmen and congresswomen, all the members of Congress that we've seen. But when you really dig into their story sure. and who they are, you realize it's more than them walking through the halls of justice and making a vote. It's who they are as the person that is right. critical. Well, folks, I guarantee it's nothing in the Kool-Aid.
2: But it is in the studio of AJC Radio. We (laughs) call it 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 the spotlight. Okay, maybe in the jello. But I tell you what, we're excited here at AJC Radio. And I'll tell you what, his position, Lisa, on criminal reform affects six men. Change is on the way. I'll tell you that right now. There were some folks responsible for the wrongful conviction of the RP6, which this show is dedicated to. The RP6 are Gary Walker, David Banks, Demetrius Harper, Kendrick Barnes, Dave Zappolo, and Clinton Stewart. And we got some folks that are responsible, but I believe Lisa, as criminal reform takes shape, we we got some great things ahead coming ahead. Absolutely. But before we go to the greatness, let's go to the perpetrators of justice who are responsible for the wrongful conviction of the optics. Who are they?
4: Okay, we've got U.S. Attorney John Walsh, Assistant U.S. Attorney Matthew Kirsch, Assistant U.S. Attorney Sunita Hazra, Attorney Greg Goldberg, Federal Judge Christine Arguello, Appellate Judge Jerome Holmes. Appellate Judge Bobby Baldock, Appellate Judge Harris Hart, Federal Judge R. Brooke Jackson, Magistrate Judge Craig Schaefer, Court Reporter Darlene Martinez, FBI Agent John Smith, FBI Agent Robert Mowen, Former Federal Agent John F, Former Federal Agent Gary Hillberry, Attorney Thomas Goodreed, Attorney Clifford Barnard, Attorney Thomas Richards, Attorney Robert Berger, Attorney Mitchell Baker, Attorney Boston Stanton Jr., Attorney Rick Cornfield, Attorney Mark Garagos, Susan Holland of ETI Professional Services, and last and certainly not least, Samuel K. Thurman, traitor of all time.
2: A traitor and a perpetrator of justice. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us tonight here on AJC Radio Spotlight on Capitol Hill where we bring the message of justice all around the world. And remember one thing is for certain, one brick at a time changes a nation. Hang in there, folks. Justice. Is on the way. Take care. Good night, America.
6: Good night. night.
7: You solemnly swear that you will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that you will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, that you would take this obligation freely. Without any mental reservation or
2: purpose of evasion, and that you will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office
7: on which you are about to enter, so help you God. So, Congratulations! You're, you're now members of the 114th Congress. America's criminal justice system
0: is, in my opinion, in need of reform. Not because current policies have failed, uh, but in many ways because those policies have succeeded. Let me explain what I mean. This is An important point for reformers to recognize. Uh, Prevailing law enforcement strategies have helped make communities safer all around the country, and yet the current system, for all its merits, nonetheless leaves too many Americans behind. Some of them are reformed offenders who are left behind languishing in prison. Some of them may be innocent men, women, and children on the outside, Of the prison walls, uh, trapped in praying communities with too little security, and far too few fathers, uncles, and other brothers. A generation of tougher on crime policies has created new challenges that it's up to our generation now to meet. Now to meet. Hopefully with the benefit of those fathers, those, those sons, those older brothers, those, brothers, brothers, those younger brothers, all of those them are, are, are desperately yeah, needed me, in their own. Me, me. We have the challenge of overcriminalization, of over incarceration, and over sentencing. We have a mountain of empirical evidence demonstrating the social and economic value of stable intact families and the costs of the breakdown of those okay. same families. We have prison policies that make rehabilitation the exception rather than the norm. And we have regulations that make it unnecessarily difficult for even reformed offenders to build a new life and to earn an honest living once they have been released from prison.